Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are joined by our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. John, for me, it is the calm before the storm. we got a lot of teams without a lot of cap cap space that want to get some things done. we got the NHL draft uh, teams, some of the teams like Edmonton, wrapping up their pro meetings as we speak. Uh, They'll head off the amateur staff, et cetera, to the NHL draft on Monday or Tuesday. we got the draft on Thursday and Friday, and then we get into free agency the next week. And, John, you know, the Bachelor has, you know, the most dramatic rose ceremony, and, and there's years in trade deadlines. We thought there'd be more movement. I think this next 15-day window is going to be really, 15- to 18-day window is going to be really intriguing in the National Hockey League. What about you? Uh, you? You may be right, Bob, and don't forget, we still have three teams that need head coaches. Uh, and and that's that might be part of the next 15 days as well. Uh, so from from that and and it just so happens that uh, you know at least one of those teams has a ton of cap space too, right? So in the Detroit Red Wings. So so from from that perspective, uh, I I fully suspect, and it certainly sounds like in talking to teams, uh, everybody's going to Montreal a little early, a day early. Um, you're right, teams finishing their meetings this week and then going into Montreal on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it makes you wonder, that is there something going to happen even before right. Thursday's first round? And I, I, I suspect that might have to happen in order to give teams some leeway, not only on draft day and for trades, but for that free agency day on the 13th. Given what Tampa Bay did with Hagel, as an example, and we talked, you and me talked a bit about Hagel privately, John, way back in November, okay? Uh, Was this the type of player, given the plight that Chicago was in, that may end up going down the Blake Coleman path? Given what's ha- you know what Tampa Bay's been proactive here the last uh, three deadlines and prior to the deadline, and that this is not seen as necessarily the deepest draft, the players have missed some of the players have missed an entire year. I don't sense that some of those first round picks that have been as coveted as past years. I think it's a little bit different animal this year in Montreal. What about you? Well, I, I think that there's an, uh, an underlying message uh, that teams have gotten from ownership, and that is, you know what, we had two, maybe three bad years because of the pandemic, and we need to win now. Uh, and I'm not sure an 18-year-old helps you win now. Uh, so there are a couple that might. You know, Slavkovsky and, and Wright might help you win now. I don't think they're going to help teams get to the playoffs, but they might help you win. Um, so, so from that perspective, I think that there's a lot more pressure on teams to make um, transactions right now in order to be a playoff team. I 100%. think that that's vitally important. Yeah, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, John Shannon joining us. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get up no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, the Oilers don't have a second, third, or fourth round pick in the draft today. 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 Today they did not. Um, would you hesitate moving the first round if you could get some immediate help at a good price-controlled contract? 
I have, uh, you know, it's funny, you, uh, not to do a blatant plug, but I'm going to do it anyway. We had Paul Beeston on our on the, on with Bob and me today. That'll be up later. Um, and Paul was one of those guys that had a few rules uh, when he was running a Major League Baseball team. Uh, and one of his rules was n- no contract longer than five years. Uh, I, I'm one of those guys that has a rule I am never, ever, ever, ever trading a first-round pick. Right. I don't care if it's 32nd. I'm not trading it. Uh, you, you know, there, there's going to be somebody valuable at any point in the first round, and I we have to start somewhere. And I think, I, in my opinion, I view the I view the reverse of of what you're talking about, Bob, because they don't have, uh, you know, middle round picks. Uh, I think that first round pick is even that much more important. So just to recap, second round pick tied up with uh, what amounts to be the Brett Kulak trade. Distinct possibility the Oilers try to consummate something here with Kulak, but he's going to have options. Third round pick tied up in the Duncan Keith trade. Fourth round pick, uh, that was the Kulikov trade from a year ago. Tell me, or was that the fourth round pick this year with Broussard? It was one of those. Anyways, uh, tell me this, John. Have you heard anything at all? We know they're sequestered away out in BC right now, kind of uh, within about, an hour and a half of your old snopping grounds. Have mm-hmm. you heard anything at all at this stage on either Mike Smith or Duncan Keith? No, I haven't. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I'm not sure that there's, I'm not sure at this point there's the urgency to hear that this week. Um, uh, you know, that, that becomes something I think that Kenny probably has to tackle before the 13th. Uh, but I have not heard anything on either of those contracts. Um, and and uh, it wouldn't be surprised me if we we don't hear it for a while. It really wouldn't. It, you know, I mean, it, it 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 would make sense from an organizational perspective, but these guys are under contract, um, and and really, it's it, it the ball is a hundred percent in their court to decide one way or the other. By the way, it was the fourth rounder for Kulikov uh, that New Jersey has, Edmonton's fourth rounder. Chicago has Edmonton's third rounder. That was Duncan Keith. That becomes the 94th overall pick because of the orders obviously finishing in the final four. Brian Lott was just on. Uh, and he talked, John, uh, about the fact that he was bullish on the Oilers all year, and he remains completely convinced that Edmonton's going to win a Stanley Cup because of what McDavid and Drysett will bring, and he drew a correlation uh, between Stamkos and Hedman, two guys that he drafted one or two overall. Of course, the Oilers got Drysett third in 2014 and McDavid first in 2015. Where are you at with that? Uh, he's not wrong, but it all it it all goes to depth. You know, I mean, we all know now that the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, for the last three years, were more than Hedman and Stamkos, and, and all you have to do is look at Andre Palat uh, for that, and look what uh, and look what Kucherov did for them. You know, they they Steve Eiserman built a really strong farm system. Um, you know, and wonder where he learned it from. Uh, and and so from that perspective, it's all about building blocks. And Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard, and I think guys like Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins are part of those building blocks. But it's all about the depth players. Are there more depth players needed? And the, the answer is probably yes. There's more depth needed on the blue line. Uh, and that and, and that doesn't even contemplate what has to happen in goal. Uh, because when you have, you know, I mean, as as great as Stamkos and Hedman are, when you know that you have Andre Vasilevsky behind you, you have another uh, opportunity to move the puck out 
knowing full well he's going to make that save. So uh, Brian's not wrong, but uh, the Oil- I think it gives you an idea how far away the Oilers truly are at this point. All right, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Actually, I'm, just before I ask you about the Oilers goaltending situation, you mentioned Steve Eisenman. He spent time in Tampa Bay. Derek Lalonde, uh, Tampa Bay assistant, could he be the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings? Well, we certainly think he's getting interviewed there uh, now that uh, Tampa is is done. Um, and, but I, uh, you know, I think I think there's another Tampa assistant coach that might, is going to get a long look there too, and that's Jeff Halpern. Yeah. Uh, you know, there. You know, and 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 here. Here's the other thing about. Here's the other thing about Steve. Steve is as deep a thinker as the league has ever seen. You know, is there somebody else that people haven't contemplated? Is there somebody else, a, a new young guy, um, that could possibly be that difference maker for the Red Wings? Um, because he, you know, not bringing Jeff Blaschel back. Um, now puts the pressure on Eiserman because this next coach is his guy. Not Ken Holland's guy, but his guy. And you have to wonder if, if Steve's going to take a risk in that situation and rather than going with somebody he truly understands. All right. Dar- if Darcy Kemper does not get re-signed by Colorado, should Edmonton be in on him? I think so. I think they should be interested. They were interested last summer. I don't think anything's changed other than Kemper's got a lot more experience. Um, and, uh, you know, does he have faults? Sure, he has faults. Most goaltenders have faults right now. But Darcy Kemper, if the price is right, the Oilers should be interested. And one question on the business. Have you heard anything yet out of Sportsnet? Uh, I heard that there was some potential rumblings that there might be some movement with some of their people there yesterday. No, I haven't heard a thing. Uh, you know, there's lots of gossip going on, but I have not heard a thing uh, about what's going on on the TV side at all. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 you know, what happens, unfortunately, what's happening now in, in the broadcast world, just like the hockey world, is the season doesn't end when the games are finished. The season never ends when it comes to television, so you never know what's going to happen. John, great stuff. Thank you. And uh, we got uh, Luke Prokop coming up. Real interesting well, congratulate story. Congratulate him on his award, too. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to look forward to a lot. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider. He'll join us Monday on Oilers Now. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 143 at Edmonton. And we'll come back with the CHL Humanitarian of the Year local product, Luke Prokop. You're listening to Oilers Now. Yesterday, the CHL announced their major award winners, and the Edmonton Oil Kings defenseman Luke Brokop was recognized as the CHL Humanitarian of the Years for his efforts on and off the ice. And we welcome back to the show Oil Kings defenseman Luke Brokop, who undoubtedly, uh, Luke, first of all, you wish you guys were still playing for a Memorial Cup championship uh, today. Thank you for taking time to join us. Uh, it ended a little sooner than you guys were all hoping for, didn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a really long season, and you know, I was just so proud of some of the guys for you know how they competed throughout the whole year. There were a lot of ups and downs. Um, you know, we we still won our league, so you know we should all be proud of that. But definitely, still wishing we were playing today. Uh, yeah, no question about it. Um, and we'll get to the award in a second. I, I, I have I have a fair amount of empathy for you guys. I mean, you'll you know what? If Hamilton doesn't have Mason McTavish or Schwinnigan doesn't have Xavier Borgo, uh, you know that's akin to what you guys lost when you didn't have Dylan Gunther. Was there? You know, I mean, Dylan scored 58 goals in 75 games. 
Is that, you know, is it too simple to look at it that way? Especially given how close, like there wasn't one game that was a blow. Every game for every team was tight. It was just one of those things. Uh, give me your assessment overall and sort of what needed to happen for you guys maybe ultimately to have a different result. Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose a guy like Gunner, it's, it's a it's a huge hole to fill. Um, I mean, I thought we did a pretty good job of it uh, in, in the last couple games of the finals, and then in the Memorial Cup. But um, you know, having having a guy like that who can score at will uh, just just helps our team out so much better and um, makes our depth a lot better as well. Um, but I mean, you know, there were bounces here and there in the game where um, you know it could have gone either way. Uh, we had a lot of chances in the third against Hamilton that we could have, you know, capitalized on, and it just it just wasn't bouncing our way. Um, but I mean, we we had a really good term, and so overall, we're very proud of the guys. All right, uh, for the listeners that are unaware, Luke Prokop is the first openly gay player that signed a NHL contract, and since then, uh, Luke, who hails from this, I think I met you probably when, I don't know, at Joffrey Lupel's golf tournament, maybe when you're like 10 or 11 years of age, uh, you've worked tirelessly to fight for inclusion in hockey and, and, and across sport. Uh, what has it been like for you over the course of, uh, it's basically been, you know, about a calendar year uh, since you came forward, and, and, and you know, how have people reacted to that uh what's the experience been like luke it's been unreal i mean i couldn't have been more grateful for you know how accepted i was um you know not knowing at the time what it was going to be like um having a little bit of advice from some guys who had gone through it previously but no one had done it you know under a contract in the nhl and um just being a little bit nervous and scared of, of what the outcome might be but uh, it was. It's been amazing, you know. Um, I've gotten closer with my teammates and uh, my family and friends for, throughout the year. Have just supported me so much. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change my decision, you know, ever. And um, it's been an unbelievable year. Uh, you need support from the NHL organization. I know that David Poyle in Nashville uh, were certainly on board when you first came out as well. Yeah, that was uh, that was probably when I knew. When I had the most confidence, you know, after I got off the phone with with them um, and a bunch of their management staff, that that day was when I knew, you know, this was going to be the right decision. And you know, no matter what, having an organization like the like the Predators, um, you know, who had drafted me, not knowing about my, you know, about my secret beforehand, and you know, them being totally okay with it and um, wanting to be, you know, my true self. Uh, that's that was the the final little bit of uh, push I needed to make to know that it was okay. Luke, when we had you on at the time, you talked about your dad, who, who I know, you know, and, and many people here in Edmonton know your father from Blackhawk Golf and Country Club. Uh, he's a big personality, and I know something about having a big personality. So uh, you said he's a Type A personality, and and you know how have your how have your direct family members grown over the course of the last year with you through this process? Yeah, it's been really cool to see. Um, you know, my my relationship with my sister was something that, you know, really developed over the last three or four years and it's, you know, made us closer. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like you can talk about anything now with, with anyone in my family, which, you know, before I really didn't feel like I could. Um, and it, I think it's just made us so much closer and, um, you know, we're, we're able to share how we feel, um, you know, without without feeling like we're, 
there's something bad, something bad that's going to happen. You know, they're going to react in the in the right way, and you know, it's it's just been really awesome to have such a supporting family. This is a this has been an interesting year for the Prokop family. Your brother Josh was scheduled to go to. Uh... Uh, he, he would played for the Oilers rookies, uh, and then he was scheduled to go to Bakersfield. Uh, of course, the plan all along was for him to play at the U of Eight. They ended up in uh, the championship game. They should have won. I mean, it was one of those, you know, you don't shoot a team seventy to forty and lose five four in double overtime. Have you have you followed things closely with Josh on a day to day basis in terms of what his experience was like playing for Ian Herbers at the University of Alberta this year? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I would go to go to games as much as I could. Um, and, you know, both of us living at home now for the first time in a while, um, you know, we get to talk about hockey quite often and, and make sure we're keeping up to date with each other's teams and, and, and how they're doing. Um, you know, unfortunately, he had that uh, injury at the start of the year that he couldn't go to camp, which, I, you know, I thought would have been a really good experience for him. But, you know, I think he had a great year in, at the U of A and, um you know, they, they had a great run. It was weird. I remember we were playing a game that day that they were in the finals and uh, we we had finished already and they started before us and I came home and I knew, I thought the game was over, but they were in double overtime. So I, I got to watch a little bit of that. Um, it was it was sad to see that they lost, but, you know, he had a great year and the team had a great year and I know he's looking forward to going back next year. All right, you're coming up on your 20-year-old season right now. You are signed, so you can play in the American Hockey League. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to decompress since the Memorial Cup uh, between your, the Sports Corporation and Jerry's group and the Nashville Predators. Is there a place of emphasis for you to improve upon and work upon so you can take that next step and get in a pro hockey, Luke? Um, I, don't, I mean, we haven't really had any conversations about it since the season ended. Um, I think, you know, it's still pretty fresh just trying to get, you know, time to decompress and, you know, focus on the summer. But I think just, I mean, getting stronger overall um, and, and then improving my skating a little bit more. You can never be a good enough skater. Um, and especially, you know, wanting to move up into higher levels. It, the pace is just so much quicker. So, um, you know, I'll be with my team Um in uh, in a couple couple of days here and, and work together to create a plan to you know give me the best shot possible to play pro hockey next year. Cody Franson, that's what I see when I see a play. Very similar player, had a good NHL career, right shot defenseman, bigger body, uh, not necessarily the meanest or nastiest player in the ice, but he could move the puck and he got pucks through from point. It's not an insult to be compared to a guy, and ironically drafted in the third round by the Nashville Predators. How's that for coincidence or circumstance? Luke, I wish you the best of luck. We're going to continue to follow your career, okay? Awesome. Thank you very much, Bob. You bet. That is Luke Prokop uh, joining us, just finishing up uh, with the Edmonton Oil Kings, and yesterday announced as the CHL Humanitarian of the Year for his efforts off uh, the ice and in the community. Uh, Prokop, back in July, uh, third week of July last year, came out as the first openly gay player that signed an NHL contract. And since then, uh, the Edmonton-born Blue Liner has worked tire- tirelessly uh, for the fight for inclusion in hockey and across sport. All right, uh, that wraps up uh, today, which is the Wednesday edition of Oilers Now. Again, we already did this day in Oilers history in the first half-hour segment and talked a lot about uh, what occurred right right around this time six years ago today.
when the Oilers uh, traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson, I remember I went from noon to 4.30 that day. Reed Wilkins went from 4.30 to 9. I got off the air. You'll never believe who called me uh, from 4.30 until 5 o'clock that day. Still stay in contact with a couple of those gentlemen as well. <laughs> wow. Uh, wild. Tonight, um, Brendan Escott has inside sports. He is pinch hitting for Dave Campbell, who is flying to Hamilton. So there'll be lots of CFL uh, discussion uh, about the Edmonton Elks with uh, Brendan hosting the show tonight from 6 to 8 tomorrow. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque will join us. Kevin, uh, That'll be for GCL Diesel. Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network and ESPN for our friends at Canadian Power Pack. Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. And wood guy, Darcy McLeod. We're going to talk a bit about advanced analytics uh, models and whether or not everybody that's out on Twitter is always correct with what they're bringing on the analytics front. It's going to be a, a fun conversation. Special thanks to Derek Scott for opping uh, uh, today's show and helping co-produce it along with Brendan Escott. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, then Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jayla and I. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.